This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. In there! And that does it! History in the desert! The Texas Rangers, for the first time ever, are World Series champs! It's unreal. I couldn't be happier for these guys to write history. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You heard the voice there of John Bugshambi with a call last night on ESPN Radio. The Texas Rangers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in game number five of the World Series 5-0. They win the World Series 4-1, their first ever World Series title for the Texas Rangers in 63 years. 11-0 on the road in this series. Corey Seager with his second World Series MVP, his first one with the Dodgers, and Bruce Bochy with his fourth World Series title, his first with a different team outside of the Giants. He went there with the Padres, went there with the Giants and won three, and now with the Texas Rangers. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Not as good a morning for us as it is in DFW celebrating right. the Rangers championship. It's crazy to think that this team two years ago lost 102 games and then a season ago was 26 games below 500. But they give Bruce Bochy the call. He's in Nashville talking about how he was chilling on his couch, came to manage the Texas Rangers, and... Now we're talking about them holding up some hardware as the World Series champs. It's an unbelievable ride for a franchise that's never won a title. And I got to give a shout out to my former partner and our current teammate on the ESPN Radio National Network, Chris Carlin, because he is a massive Texas Rangers fan and he can actually hold his head up high and he doesn't have to dwell in the disappointment of his Rangers losing to your St. Louis Cardinals. Absolutely. I am thrilled for Texas Rangers fans. You know, when you have your greatest sports thrill and it comes at the expense of a another fan base in absolutely heartbreaking fashion, you do have a certain level of empathy for them. And I've always felt for Texas Rangers fans because I've been on the other side of sports heartbreak. I know what it feels like. So I'm so thrilled that they finally changed course and they were able to win their first World Series. But two things coming out of this World Series that stand out to me, guys. Two storylines. Number one, as you mentioned, CeCe, just two years ago, this team lost 102 games. Well, you can change your fortune sometimes by spending a fortune. They go out, they spend $500 million, they acquire a lot of stars, and that doesn't always work, but it did work in the Texas, Texas Rangers fashion, um, going out and acquiring a lot of talent to supplement this team. Clearly, it paid dividends. And also, I said it at the beginning of this postseason, you mentioned Bruce Bochy being the guy to come in and change this Texas Rangers franchise. Between Bruce Bochy, Mike's, Mike Maddox, the pitching uh, coach for the Texas Rangers, old school baseball guys. It's like justice for the old school baseball guys because so many times in modern baseball, we've seen the front office take such a prominent role and they hire a manager to be an extension of that. They play the numbers. They hire an inexpensive manager who maybe will will do what the front office wants. And I love to see guys like Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox, those old school baseball guys, having success again. Uh, well said uh, because I-, I could not believe this offseason. When all of a sudden you wake up and Buster Olney and Jeff Passan are reporting, Bruce Bochy, manager of the Rangers, and you're like, what? He he was a van- like 
Who knew he was even available, right? That all of a sudden he's going to manage. And this is an all-time great manager now. This is a guy that you put right up there and maybe above Joe Torre, Tony La Russa in the last 20 or 30 years in Major League Baseball, Dusty Baker, Bobby Cox in that mix as well, obviously. But in terms of number of titles, he, he's unbelievable. Four World Series titles. I, I had this thought. You mentioned he, he's basically at home. They give him the call. He comes back. He's in the recliner, he said. Would you yep. retire if you're him? Would you go back and be like, I'm good. I did what I had to do. I don't need to do anything else. I mean, think about, like, he, he is, we're showing the graphic on the TV side on ESPN, too, the most World Series titles. He's right there with Joe Torre and Walter Alston uh, for four, uh, four overall. Connie Mack, Casey Stengel, and Joe McCarthy um, after, or above him. But in terms of modern-day managers, it's it's Bochy and Torre in our yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an unbelievable thing, what this guy has been able to accomplish. The other thing I was thinking about, just from a human element, you said Smalls, they spent all this money. Yeah. The guy that, even more than Seeger or Marcus Simeon, the guy that we look at as the money guy is actually a guy that didn't even play. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom. Jacob yeah. DeGrom. Jacob yeah. DeGrom, yeah. How would you feel if you're him today? Are you happy for your teammates? You're like, you got to be kidding me. I was with the Mets forever, and I'm a Mets fan, so I could do this to myself. Yeah. I'm with the Mets forever. Nothing ever goes right. I'm really good, but the guys around me are not. Now I finally get on this great team, and I'm injured. Well, he still gets that a ring. Stinks. He still gets a ring. He's yeah. on the team. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't have an opportunity to be there when it matters the most in the postseason. And quite frankly, this is the time that you want a pitcher like that. But that's what makes the Texas Rangers so interesting, Smalls, because it's clearly a team that was led by their offense and the length in their lineup. That's been a theme throughout the postseason, and that's been something that's traveled. Again, we talk about it eleven and zero on the road this postseason. I don't know that we're going to see that anytime soon again just because of the manager and because of the veteran leadership that you have in that clubhouse. But we always say that momentum is the next day starting pitcher in baseball, right. but it really has been about the lineup and guys being willing to pass the baton and, and put together quality at-bats. Everybody has talked about wanting to have guys that hit for extra bases, the slug, and how much of an emphasis that's put on that in today's game. But this is just a really good lineup that, that doesn't try to do too much with their approach. Like, they put the ball in play, and they put pressure on the opposing defense, and they make sure that they pass the baton to other guys when they don't have a pitch that they can do damage with. And that's the thing that's so curious. During the regular season, this team was second in batting average, second in OPS. During the postseason, they were top three in both. That has been the catalyst for this team's championship run, and I'm curious to see whether other teams follow suit in finding players mm-hmm. that can not only hit for extra extra bases, but players that have the base, the discipline and that are willing to just take the base hit when the opportunity presents itself. That's the thing that I'm curious to see moving forward. Well, it'll absolutely happen because what does everybody do? They try to replicate what they see it having success. So I, I definitely think that will happen. But even if you – what you said, CC about the pitching, even if you just – isolate Max Scherzer and prior to the Rangers winning the World Series you would give the lines of some of the outings we would see from Max Scherzer and then say oh and he's going to be out for the season you would probably or by the time we arrived at this point right Right. you would say there's no way they could win if they're not getting production from Max Scherzer and they're going to use him in those spots those crucial spots they're not going to win if you say we're going to remove Adolis Garcia who had been such an engine for this team there's no way that they can win but that's how strong the Texas Rangers have been holistically they just continue to find a way and I think you you keep going back 
back to managing. Yep. Coaching matters. Managing matters. And we're seeing that with Bruce Bochy. And again, I don't want to gloss over what Mike's Ma- Mike Maddox was able to do with this pitching staff. The one thing I don't think is going to be copied, and I agree with you, like we, we see all these different things. We see it in every single sport. Oh, a team wins in playing 3-4 defense in the NFL. Well, we're going to go 3-4. Yeah. A team wins playing 4-3 with two massive defensive tackles. Tony Saragusa, Sam Adams, these big, Ted yeah. Washington. These yeah. big, like, oh, we need the big guy. I don't think the teams are going to follow suit relative to the old school baseball manager. Why not? Because, because I they, think, don't, they I, don't want to cede control? I think there's part of that. There's three things. They don't want to cede control. They don't want to pay the money. And there's only one Bruce Bochy. Because who is the other example? Do you think somebody's going to go try to hire Joe Torre? I don't. Do the Mets think- just tried that with Buck Showalter. It didn't work out. Yeah. Do you think somebody's going to go hire uh, Tony La Russa again? I don't. Needless to say, after what happened with the White Sox. I think Bochy is What now- about Joe Madden? Okay, I think he's one of the most overrated managers we've ever seen, and he won. A, okay. and he won a World. I thought he was terrible in the World Series with the Cubs, and they still won. I, I am not. Joe Madden's a great guy. Joe Madden's fun. Joe Madden would be a great guest. Joe Madden is not the guy I want managing my team. I just I, I think he's a little bit overrated as a manager. But you don't think people are going to look at Bruce Bochy having success when, as he said, I was on the recliner, and then all of a sudden I'm out here managing in a World Series, and they're going to try to figure out, okay, maybe, just maybe, these old school managers, these baseball guys, know what they're talking about, and they have a feel for the game. They have a feel for their players. Maybe we can look at a guy in Joe Madden who does have the track record of getting it done, who is a championship-caliber manager, and maybe we'll roll the dice on him. So I just imagine people might be calling him. I, I think you're right, but I don't think it's actually going to happen I, because it, it, you, we see it. I mean, CeCe's team, the Yankees, we have seen that the general manager wants to manage the team, right? Yeah. That Brian Cashman wants to make sure. And that's not to be a knock on Aaron Boone. You take the job that's offered to you and you, you adjust your system and style. I just don't think that's going to be a trend that will continue. I, I wish it was. Because Joe Madden is a figure that even if I think he's overrated, we all know who he is, right? Yeah. He becomes a – like, let's be honest. Baseball is not as popular nationally as it once was, but you have a guy like Madden, have a guy like Bochy that the average everyday fan knows. Now, the other interesting thing about the Rangers, first title ever for this franchise. Mm-hmm. If we take the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NFL, who is the team that we would look at and say, this is going to be the next first-time winner? The next first-time winner. So, in other words, you're going to have a team like the Texas Rangers that's going to win a title for the very first time in their franchise's history. Who is that team? We'd love to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN. You could be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. There are 30-plus teams across those four sports we mentioned right now that have never won a title. Is there one that jumps out to you? The Jacksonville Jaguars. I like that I mean, they've got one. a championship-winning coach in Doug Peterson. They've got a top-ten scoring offense, top-ten scoring defense. Their defense is number one in takeaways, and they got a guy in Trevor Lawrence that is a generational talent. He was the first overall pick three years ago. The guy is special, and we, we've seen that in short order. He's probably one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the National Football League. So they have all of the ingredients to have success. Couple that with the fact that they play in the AFC South, which is the little brother in the conference, the easiest division. I, I just I just think it's all set up for the Jacksonville Jaguars to go on a deep playoff run. And why not them? Like I just this is a team that's won five games in a row. At some point we have to start taking them seriously as a title contender. The Cincinnati Bengals have never won a Super Bowl, have they? No. Nope. No. And I, I'm going to put my money on Joe Burrow. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a good pick, but they're going to have to get through Joe Burrow and the Bengals to get there. And I put my money on Joey B. I, I like both of those. Those Both of those were on my list. So as process of elimination for the show, 
I'll go with the Phoenix Suns. Oh. I mean, it's not that big of a risk to bet on Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, the guy is a generational all-time talent. He's playing next to two all-stars. Well, he's supposed to play next to he's two all He's supposed to. Bradley Beal is getting <laughs> to play. We've, we've seen that movie yeah. before, haven't we? And to tie into the World Series, yeah. Bra- um, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were sitting there front row last night in Arizona watching the Diamondbacks. So there, I'll go with the Suns because I love both of your picks. I would have picked both of your picks above my pick, but just in draft style, we'll do it that way for the sake of our show. I'll take the Phoenix Suns as the next first-time champ in those four sports, NHL, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. No love for the L.A. Clippers? Y'all ain't got love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? I was thinking about that. Y'all ain't got no love for them? (laughs) I was thinking about that. I did. They are on my list as well. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want to hear from you. Dr. Pepper call in line, unsportsmanlike nation. Give us the next first-time champ. We saw the Texas Rangers last night. Who is the next first-time champ? NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, NFL. We'll get your phone calls in on that. Plus, the college basketball and sports world lost an iconic figure yesterday we will discuss coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance. So that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Congrats to the Texas Rangers. They win the World Series with their victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they become a first-time champ. And we're asking you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN, the next first-time champ, NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. CC went with the Jaguars, loved that pick. Smalls went with the Bengals, loved that pick. I went with the Phoenix Suns. You're right to call me out on the Clippers. I've been supportive of the Clippers. You, you have know, been. Even You're a big Clippers lost. guy. I'm a big Clippers guy <laughs> now. Big Clippers Evan, guy. Evan, noted yeah. Clippers yeah. guy. Yeah, noted Clippers Really fan. excited about the James Harden trade this week. This I week. think yeah. I think actually really think excited. LA basketball is in a really good place. We saw the game last night, Lakers yeah. and Clippers, overtime win for your Lakers. Yeah. 
can can Lakers fans stop tweeting me that that D'Angelo Russell had a good game last night in an overtime win? I don't want to hear about the one-off D'Angelo Russell good game, okay? Like a broken clock is right twice a day. I don't want to hear that about D'Lo. Oh, see, 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 you're being too hard on D'Lo. Stop yourselves, okay? Stop yourselves. When he's on another team in two or three months, they'll be fine with you doing that. <laughs> Because you know that he's the he's the player with the contract that they're going to use to try to get somebody to. Of upgrade. course he is. I yeah. can't wait till they get rid yeah. of him. I can't wait. Uh, Greg in <laughs> Michigan watching on ESPN two. What's up, Greg? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Morning. Uh, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions next one to win uh, championships. Never won one. Yeah, listen, that's that's a good one. I mean, they're, they're great so far this season. They're what six and two. They do have the loss to the Ravens, thirty-eight six, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which was a really bad <laughs> loss. And somehow on this show, we have found ourselves doing the college football playoff rankings for the NFL, where we're really like leaning into the strength of schedule because you got a few teams like Miami, like Dallas, that have the strength of schedule stuff. Yep. The Lions do have a great win over Kansas City, obviously, but the most recent great game they played was not a great game against the Baltimore Ravens, obviously. But that's a good one. Lions have never won. Uh, Alex in Ohio, listening on Sirius. XM80. What's up, Alex? Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Morning. Hey, Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, 35 years I've been a fan, and I never thought I'd see them in the Super Bowl. They made it once. They got Burrow. They got Chase. They've got a good core of guys. They're going to be the next ones, and they're on a roll right now. Smalls, when you pick them, and thanks for the phone call, Alex, when you pick them, you're picking them for this year or just next up amongst everybody else? I'll pick them for this year. Wow. Amongst the first-time winners, right? You're not picking them over the Chiefs necessarily. I feel better about the Bengals right now than I do the Chiefs. There's a statement. I I told you heading into last week that I thought the Broncos could beat the Chiefs. You guys thought I was bananas. They just seem vulnerable to me. They don't feel, even though they've been racking up wins, they don't feel like the same version of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we saw the Eagles not look like themselves, but they've been building. We feel like it's a crescendo with the Eagles. I haven't felt the same thing about the Chiefs. While I feel like the Bengals, Joe Burrow's getting healthier. They're finding that rhythm. They've started out slow in the past, so this is not a team that's going to panic when they get off to a 1-3 and start. I believe in the Bengals. DeAndre in Dallas, watching and listening on the ESPN app. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm saying the Phoenix Suns, and they will win this year. I mean, it's not crazy. Like, listen, we're rolling the dice on Kevin Durant. That's not a big bet. No, it's not a big bet, but we got to keep it in its proper perspective. Kevin Durant is 35 years old. So it ain't like they got a ton of runway in terms of competing at a championship level with this team. I get it. These are three of the best you know, 20 basketball players on the planet. That's that's great. You've assembled a lot of talent. But I've seen the movie before where Kevin Durant has been with three of the top 20 players in the NBA. It didn't work out. Now we're saying that because of the off-the-court issues that we saw in Brooklyn. But with this Phoenix Suns team, I do worry about those guys, you know, being able to stay in their prime and at the height of their powers and getting through a Western Conference that features a, a, a couple of teams that are juggernauts in the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets, the reigning defending champs. Yeah, I think you're. I picked the Suns, and I think you're being kind. Three of the top twenty, two of the top twenty. I'm not sure if we can put Bradley Beal in there. Okay, right top twenty five. No, I'm saying yeah. I, I'm trying to back your point against me here. Yeah, because I'm I, I'm starting to question Bradley Beal myself a little bit on this one, and I just picked them. Uh, Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPN two. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Michelle. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions also. I think Dan Campbell's just a fun coach to play for. They're playing great right now, even though minus the loss, like you said, Evan, against the Ravens. Jamar, Jameer Gibbs is playing out of his mind. That defense is playing great. 
I'm going to go to the Detroit Lions. I think it would be great for the city of Detroit. And I'll give you one more. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Doug Peterson won in Philly. But I think bringing the title to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, let's see what they do. I know last year in the, uh, in the playoffs they got shunked. They, they gave up that late. I'm going to go uh, the Detroit Lions or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are both really good ones, Matt. When you, when it comes you don't to- got auto. You don't get two. You get one. You have to pick well, he one. Said Detroit first, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So you have to go with one. You can't hedge with another team. I got you, all we doing, thirty-seven man? of them. Actually, uh, you can't hedge with another team. Like you got to pick either or. So I'm going to go with the first one, the Detroit Lions. And I like everything that the Detroit Lions are doing. I guess the question is, how much do you believe in Jared Goff? That's what it's going to come down. Do you believe that Jared Goff? can make the requisite plays, those handful of throws throughout the course of a playoff game against quality competition that can be the difference in a positive way for Detroit. I I, I want to believe in him. I, I'm not sure yet. And a part of the stigma around Jared Goff is that Sean McVay, one of the most innovative offensive minds in all of football, jettisoned him to Detroit because he felt like he needed a quarterback that can consistently make those plays and he got that guy Matt Stafford in year one he won a championship so I guess that's the part that makes it tough now is Jared Goff a different quarterback now than when we last saw him in LA sure but has he graduated to the point where you trust him when we start getting to the championship rounds against top tier competition I'm sure Lions fans don't because they don't want to believe because they don't want to get their hearts broken. And anytime you see a drought end or, or a franchise win for the first time, you're thrilled for long-suffering fans. But the Detroit Lions, I think, hold a special place in that ethos of long-suffering fan bases. I wonder if there's one fan base above all others that we would feel really good about it if they got to win. Well, that's interesting. And maybe retroactively, you can. If you can pick a second one, if it's the Lions. Yeah, right? you know maybe what I mean? The Lions. Wouldn't the everybody be loser th- thrilled yeah. about the Lions? Winning, we would just feel great for that fan base. I don't know if I'd be thrilled about the. Lions. I would feel great for. But the are Lions we thrilled fans. about the Rangers winning, or do we not associate them with lovable losers? Like we don't think about them that way, like we do the Lions. Right? I don't think we think about the Rangers at all. <laughs> no, That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Before Bruce Bochy got there, it was just right. like, oh, they're adding some pieces. They they paid Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and Jacob Degrom and they added Max. Like they've like they've they've added names, but but nobody thought about the Texas Rangers before this postseason run. When you thought about them, you thought about them losing to the Cardinals exactly. in two thousand. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think this is this is pretty cool for them to have this kind of moment to have it all come together the way that it has because it's been an improbable run. Nobody thought that they would be able to have the success they did this postseason, especially on the road. You're talking about a team that was 40 and 41 on the road during the regular <laughs> season. Who the hell saw 11 and 0? Nobody I, saw I it. Nobody saw it coming. Exactly. No way. Exactly. Uh, by the way, we did mention, unfortunately, it's a sad day in sports as well. In a few hours, we are going to have it at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Keith Smart, Indiana legend, hit the shot in 87 against Syracuse to win the championship. To talk about his former coach, Bob Knight, who passed away yesterday at 83 years old, a three-time champion, been to the Final Four five times, left the sport as the all-time wins leader. Obviously, has since been passed by his then-former assistant and player uh, in Mike Krzyzewski. 42 seasons, three schools, obviously most known for Indiana. Very complicated legacy, right? Bob Knight is a guy that was a phenomenal basketball coach, actually had one of CeCe's coaches as one of his part-time assistants in Bill Parcells at Army uh, back in the day. But he's the coach that X's and O's wise was better than everybody. He actually did more for his players than most in terms of graduation, jobs after college. And at times did less for his players in terms of hurting them physically, mentally, and emotionally. The entire story has to be told every which way. This was one of the greatest coaches to ever 
coach the sport in any sport, but has a very complicated legacy. And probably CC could not coach today, not X's and O's wise, mm-hmm. but if that mentality would not make it 42 years today. Yeah, and I think he's assembled for a bygone era when it comes to a certain generation, a certain style of coach. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that um, it's a situation where we, we have to you know look at the bad. I think today is an opportunity to look at the good and what Bobby Knight did, his contributions to his players, his contributions to – Indiana, Texas Tech, and Army, and then overall the college basketball landscape. Uh, I, I think it's special when you have this type of individual to have success, not only as a coach, but as a player. He won three national championships as a coach. Mm-hmm. He won a national title as a player. He's only one or two, Dean Smith being the other one. So I think it's it's pretty it's pretty special to be able to have those accomplishments and, and really represent a lot of the good when it comes to what college basketball was all about. And let's remember this. He was on the forefront of growing the game of college basketball mm-hmm. into what we know it to be now, like being able to generate the interest across the national landscape. I mean, right after John Wooden, this was the premier coach in the 70s and early 80s. It was John, it was, it was Bobby Knight. And so I think him being one of the most, you know, one of the most, I guess, popular figures. Um, one of the most successful figures in the sport is what we should be focusing on today. Even though, as you can hear from a lot of the accounts of people that knew him well, it's a very, a very, very complicated, complicated yeah. legacy. It is complicated, and the approach probably wouldn't work today. But when you think about Bobby Knight, he does have one of the most storied careers in all of college basketball. And to what you were saying, Cece, about him growing the game – he, to me, represents an era of college basketball where the coach was the franchise, where the coach was the celebrity. And we've we've seen Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski. There's been other guys after Bobby Knight that have taken on that role. But when we look at college basketball now, that's not necessarily the case. You know, with player empowerment being different, we don't necessarily have those coaches that are so prominent, that, that they are such a standalone figure the way that Bob Knight was. I was always a Bob Knight fan for this reason. If you were going to send a kid there, you knew exactly what you were going to get. There were going to be no surprises. You knew what you were signing up for. You knew he was going to take care of that kid. Taking care of means good and bad. And you knew that once that kid graduated, or that kid would graduate, he would help them find a job in basketball or somewhere else. You knew what you were signing up for. For better or worse, you were not going to be surprised. And that's why, for me, I always liked the way that he operated, obviously. Uh, We'll have more on this coming up. Now, not an easy transition, but coming up as well, Raiders made a ton of moves over the last couple of days. They made even more yesterday. We'll get into that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. 
the Raiders, cleaning house, team fired coach Josh McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. What made you think Josh McDaniels was the right fit? When I go back and look at the coaches hired in that cycle, three of the coaches actually helped their team make the playoffs. The owner of the Las Vegas Raiders turned it into a laughing stock, and it has never felt more awful than it does today. Stop hiring the Belichickettes because they have never worked. You can't hire background singers when you need a lead singer. By the way, shout out to Freddie Coleman. Freddie, of course, Freddie and Harry, 3P to 7P Eastern. As part of Freddie's rant on the Raiders yesterday, he did this tiny little slip-in of, and you've got the worst haircut of any owner in the NFL about Mark Davis. (laughs) So shout out to Freddie on that. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycles, RVs, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Of course, the Rangers win the World Series last night. We're getting your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN on the next first-time winner, NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. Who's the next team to win it all for the first time like the Rangers did last night? The Raiders, we talked a ton about yesterday. You can go on the ESPN app and listen back to our podcast. They fired their head coach. They fired their general manager. Yesterday, they fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi. They also benched Jimmy Garoppolo in favor of rookie Aiden O'Connell. And their new head coach, CeCe's former teammate with the Giants, Antonio Pierce, um, well, he certainly brought some passion to the podium yesterday. This is a new day. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. It's a new mindset. What is that mindset? It's that of the rate of pride, the commitment to excellence, and making sure our alumni, our fan base, and Raider Nation are proud of what they see on the field. What does that look like? Tough, passionate effort, energy, that enthusiasm that you see when we all watched our kids and these young men who are now pro athletes play with Aaron Pop Warner, having that love for the game. We're on the same page, Champ and myself. Our staff is connected. We had a great team meeting this morning. Everybody was steely-eyed and focused. We walked in with a smile on our face. The synergy, the energy in this building, and the personality of our players will reflect on who we are as Raiders. This is a great opportunity for myself. I'm humbled, I'm honored, and I don't take it lightly. I'm sure there'll be questions about why, how. Those will all get answered. But this is about the players, this is about the Raiders, and this is about this organization. And we're tired of losing. It's not a good feeling. We're a production-based business. We're about competition, being competitive, and play with an edge and a swag and a certain confidence that we walk out that damn tunnel that everybody watching TV can see it and a product on the field is something we're proud of. Well, CC, your former teammate Antonio Pierce won the press conference. Doesn't necessarily mean you win on Sundays, but he definitely won the press conference. No, yesterday. no, but this guy is going to win the locker room, and that's the most important thing. Like you don't, you don't need me to tell you this based on the soundbite, based on what he just said. But that is a leader of men. That's where Mike Tomlin meets Dan Campbell in terms of personality. Ooh. That's the type of dude that Antonio Pierce is. When I came to the New York Giants, this is a guy that was prepared. He was always in the building early, watching film, breaking things down. If he told me to go somewhere, it's because he was putting me in position to make a play. That, like, he is well-versed. His football IQ, his football acumen is second to none. This guy knows the game backwards and forwards, right? So he's going he's gonna to put those players in positions to have success. Now, I'm not sure that he has the coaching staff or the requisite talent that it takes to turn this season around for the Las Vegas Raiders, but he's going to make it interesting, and he's going to make this team a tough out. So I am rooting for Antonio to have success. I'm rooting for AP to have success out there in Vegas because he is a man's man. He is a glue guy. He he. He is the type of guy that the NFL is built on. We all know the stars, but these are the types of guys that carry the water for all 32 franchises. It's Antonio Pierce. Again, he's a leader of men. When he stands up, 
Everybody in that team, everybody in that organization is going to believe in whatever he's trying to sell them. It's just a matter of them being able to go out there and execute. Again, I don't know what the other coaching staff members are. I don't know what the talent level on that team is. But I will say this. You're going to get the best out of AP each and every week in terms of preparing his team to have success. I don't know how if you're in that locker room, you don't sit up a little straighter and get ready to play when you hear him talk. Because I heard that sound bite, and I wanted to bang my fist on the table and say, let's go. And I think that when when change like this happens, you need somebody to be a steadying force. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's going to come in and do that immediately. What's interesting about this whole situation is I saw you, – you, I'm glad you mentioned Dan Campbell, right? You said he his personality feels like – Dan Campbell and Mike Tomlin, somewhere in the middle or a mesh of those two guys, right? It's not, it's not a feel like it is. Okay, it is. It right. is. Right. Knowing. It's yeah. an amazing combo. We know more about Dan Campbell because the Lions had patience with him. He started 4-19-1 as a head coach. And I'm not saying this about Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels had a body of work in Denver and then the Raiders, they knew what he was. Yeah. I am wondering, though, whether or not the quick hook for some of these coaches is the right thing or the wrong thing in the NFL because – if the, the Lions had the quick hook on Dan Campbell, they're not in this position. That, and, and by the way, I'll be the first to admit it. I thought they should have fired him. Yeah, I didn't think he was doing a good job. And now he's doing a great job with this team. So in terms of where we are with coaching in the league, do you think the quick hook makes sense? Well, here's the thing. AP is getting the interim head coach job. Dan Campbell was the interim head coach down in Miami once upon a time. Then he had a stop with the assistant head coach in New Orleans before he got the gig as the head coach with the Detroit Lions. So I'm not saying that this is going to be AP's job to lose. What I am saying is that this is a guy that's going to do everything he can to have success. And if by some reason it ends up looking like what Rich Bisaccia did a couple of years ago where they have a winning record and they end up flirting with getting into the playoffs – then Antonio Pierce deserves consideration for this job. This is somebody that could be doing a lot of other things. AP is a successful businessman. He was the head coach at Long Beach Poly before he got with Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Worked here. Exactly. He's worked here. Like AP could, again, this is not somebody that needs this job. This is somebody that wants this job. They choose it. He's choosing choosing it. it, and this is who he is. Like, he lives and breathes football. No matter what level, this is a guy that's passionate about the game, and I think that's going to come across to his players. Now, again, I, I, I want to stop short of setting such lofty expectations by talking, talking up AP because I know the situation. <laughs> you compared him to Tomlin and Campbell. So that's well, I'm saying, I said personality-wise. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I'm not saying that he's going to be the same coach as those guys. I said personality-wise because I know all three of them. But I guess my point is this. The dysfunction within the Raiders organization is what gives me cause to pause in terms of him being able to have a successful out as the interim head coach. But he has all the ingredients, all the makings of being able to be a success in the National Football League as a coach. What the rest of the staff and what the players in that locker room do, now that's to be determined. But mm-hmm. I'm excited for him to get this opportunity because no no one deserves it more than him. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does with, with the Raiders and with this team. But as far as having a quick hook, I think in sports in general, we have lost patience. We have a big sense of urgency. If you're not winning now, you're out because of all the money that's at stake and all the pressure that's put on organizations. But I think sometimes it's beyond wins and losses. Like Dan, Dan Campbell's a good example. If he He's not winning, but the powers that be can see that he's won the locker room and he's building a culture. They may give him more runway. If it's a Josh McDaniels and they're having their star player and Devontae Adams make comments publicly about what's going on, that's one thing. If it's Urban Meyer in Jacksonville and you you from the outside can see what a mess it is on the inside, you need to have a quick hook. But I think 
sometimes you have to have patience when you're not having the results externally, but you're seeing dividends being paid internally. Well, I think CC hit on something very important and very astute on the Dan Campbell front, the dolphin stint. Because what that was was a public tryout for the other 31. Yeah. Right? So if, even if Antonio Pierce is not the guy with the Raiders, if you see some sort of growth and development and, oh, that feels different there than it did previously, it's a public tryout for the other 31 teams, is it not? No, it is. But I, if you're Mark Davis, don't you think you yeah, need, don't to, try to, get out don't you think you need to try to hang on to a coach <laughs> if this guy's going to end up being a quality guy yes. in the National Football League? Yes. I, I mean, think about it. Like, it. it it's hard to imagine that Rich Basaccia would have done a worse job than Josh McDaniels. No, and I like McDaniels, but of course, you're right. I mean, how could it's it's not debatable. He would have been as good or better. Yeah, exactly. And everybody in the or locker room better, everybody in the locker room loved Rich Basaccia. Mm-hmm. You're going to get similar vibes with AP. That's just who he is. People gravitate toward him. He looks out for his guys. He looks out for his players. Hell, he looked out for the coaches when he was with the New York Giants. He made a lot of plays and made a lot of calls that made them look better than they should have. That is who Antonio Pierce is. That's what his his football acumen allows him to do. And so I think what will get lost in the press conference is how smart of a guy he is when it comes to football X's and O's on the field. Sure, all of these coaches are going to be praised and lauded for their motivational abilities, but when it comes to knowing the game of football and understanding what offenses and defenses are trying to do, this guy is a this guy will give you a masterclass because he's that astute. That's why I think they have a chance to make themselves a tough out in the second half of the regular season. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to go on a playoff run. Mm -hmm. I'm not even saying he's going to have a winning record as the interim coach. What I am saying is the days of the Raiders beating themselves with the self-inflicting wounds, those are over. In addition to everything you just said, I love him for this opportunity because you just heard it in his press conference. He understands the identity of the Raiders or what it was when he talks about the toughness and the swag that you're going to feel when you come out of the tunnel. There's certain franchises that you want to attach a certain identity to, and I think he really understands that with the Raiders. So in addition to winning over the locker room and helping them become more disciplined and having that football IQ and making them a better football team, I think as a Raiders fan, you probably understand that he gets you. He gets what this organization once was. Well, he grew up a fan of this yeah. team too, and he talked about it in Compton like he was a Raiders fan. Right. That was like it was it was NWA when the Raiders were cool. It was NWA. And it was yeah, Raiders. Yeah, that's, that's that's who he is. He so gets it. That's pretty cool to be able to have a former player, a former champion, and then have this guy that grew up in Southern California, a Raiders fan, now being your head coach. Yeah, is somehow now load management not real? Somebody thinks we're making this up. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. The 76ers sent Harden and two other players to the team he wanted to go to, the Clippers. He got exactly what he wanted. I mean, the ability to get to the Clippers, it's a tremendous show of power. I love the Philly side because it gives them maximum flexibility. You're creating a treasure trove of assets to be able to bring over another star. There is no shot that this Clippers team makes a conference final. I don't trust them enough to not implode when it matters the most. We shouldn't play negative Carlin clips today with his baseball team winning the World Series. I don't know. Should we play the negative Carlin clips on the Clippers there? It's a good day for Chris Carlin. Great day. Yeah, it's team one World day. Series so last night. So maybe not negative, yeah. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Lakers and Clippers last night. Uh, Harden did not play yet. He was there. 130-125. CC's Lakers uh, beat the Clippers in overtime last night. Both teams are 3-2 and two on the season. But what came out of this was pretty interesting. Lawrence Frank is the Clippers general manager, former head coach in the league, now a front office guy, and was asked about all of the load management and rest. And here is what Lawrence Frank had to say about this. Well, one, you know, the Kawhi and PG rest thing is bull. Uh, This is there's a difference between injuries and rest. Kawhi and Paul last year were injured. Uh, These guys work extremely hard for their reputations to be impacted that, you know, people say rest or don't want to play like these guys are are the highest level competitors. They're first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, why with James, really what we looked at was it was an opportunity to maximize Kawhi and Paul uh, and to give us the highest chance to win. Um, it's our responsibility, not just to Kawhi and Paul and to the coaching staff and to the people in the organization, but to our fans to look at every single way where we can raise our ceiling. James is a ceiling raiser. Um, the, uh, he has skill sets that will fit really, really well with our team. So, I mean, sure, they didn't rest as much as they were hurt. We're not doubting them that they were injured, but are we really going to make the argument that Kawhi Leonard has played through all of his injuries and, and not rested? I mean, he is literally the face of load management. I'm not a LeBron guy in terms of, like, there's uber LeBron fans. That's not me. I mm. actually will defend LeBron. LeBron doesn't rest like this. LeBron plays anytime he can po- possibly play, and people blame him for a lot of it. This ain't on him. I don't even know what Lawrence Frank is talking about. Well, I guess that's the whole point, right? You said we all know or we don't doubt that it's because of injury, not load management. I'm sitting here looking at you like, I don't know that. I don't know that. (laughs) Well, with the one specific injury. Well, we can can talk about the one specific injury, but both of those guys are not above reproach. Like when it comes to, you know, whether or not they're actually injured versus whether they're doing whatever it takes to load manage. Uh, Lawrence Frank has to say that, right? Because of the rules that the NBA has put in place to try to, you know, mitigate guys tanking, sitting out games, and making the regular season in large part irrelevant. They're trying to change the culture around that. So, of course, Lawrence Frank is avoiding the third rail by making sure that everybody understands that it's because of quote unquote injury and not load management. When in reality, we've seen that they've load-managed Kawhi ever since he showed up. In the last couple of years, it's been the same with PG-13, which is why I'm skeptical about what this team can achieve. Yeah, James Harden might raise the ceiling, but, I I mean, here's the deal, and Tim Legler kind of alluded to it. The the Clippers, if you believe Kawhi Leonard is going to stay healthy, already had enough to win a championship without James Harden. 
So uh, I guess my whole point is this. I, I don't know that adding James Harden does anything you know, materially for me in terms of changing the outlook on what the L.A. Clippers are going to be this season, especially in a Western Conference that's loaded. But don't those things kind of go hand in hand? James Harden can raise your ceiling because of potential load, load management and wanting to preserve those other guys and, and maybe um, have them not incur any injuries. Sure. Um, I also think to say that it's it's BS is a little, come on. I mean, yeah. we, we all know that this is a major problem in the NBA. You're not yeah. going to throw your guys under the bus, but we're not going to. Take, we're going to take those comments with a grain of salt. No question. And that's one of the reasons I think that the in-season tournament is going to hopefully be a huge help for this is because you're giving more incentive to players to actually play. It starts on Friday. We'll have the Knicks and Bucks in the early game on ESPN as uh, part of the in-season tournament that we're going to see every single week. Um, and... You know, you hope that maybe that that triggers something, and then the Mavs and the Nuggets. Mavs are undefeated, by the way. The late game on ESPN um, on Friday night, but it's an issue. We saw, like, I, I would argue that Joel Embiid a couple of nights ago for his home opener was almost guilted into playing. Like, there was yeah. a lot of talk that he was going to rest, and the internet blew up. Like, are you kidding me? On my team in the Heat, Jimmy Butler already sat out a game because of load ma- or because of rest. Yeah. So we've already seen this, mm-hmm. and we're not. We're like a week into the season. Yeah, but I think that just shows you where the players are at in terms of how they look at the regular season and the lack of urgency from them as opposed to where the league is at wanting to appease the television partners and the fan bases alike and making sure that the stars are there when they pay the money for the ticket or when they sit down, turn on the television to watch the game. And so I think that's the part where... Adam Silver has got to find a way to bridge the gap, and maybe it'll be the in-season tournament. But when we look at the Clippers specifically, the regular season matters in terms of the ultimate goal because this team needs to figure out how they're going to play with each other. Like I, That's the thing. I, I know that they're talented guys when they're the best versions of themselves, right. but how is it all going to work together? How, how are you? How is Ty Lue going to make it work with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two ball-dominant guards? How is he going to make it work in terms of the chemistry, the minutes distribution, the rotations with the lineup? Like Those are the things that you want to see. Those are the things that have to get worked out in terms of the overall chemistry of the team because the last thing you want, if you're a Clippers fan, is for this team to be trying to figure it out on the fly once we get into the playoffs. Right. They, they don't have the opportunity to do that. There's not a ton of runway. Right now, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, we're looking at them and saying, what are the Clippers going to do contractually with the two stars they have? So I guess th- there's not a lot of time to workshop this, which is why the regular season matters for the Clippers, more so than any of the other teams in the Western Conference not named the Phoenix Suns. I, I think they have to actually take it seriously and have all four of those stars on the court to figure out how it's going to work. I agree with you, and I'm in, I believe in them. And I have no logic for believing you in You believe them. in the Clippers? Yeah, that's the problem. You I, might be the only one right. in this building right now that feels I, that I way. I know that. Why? I, well, <laughs> right? You're, everything you guys are saying is fair. Like, I believe in both L.A. teams. I think this is going to be a phenomenal year for Los Angeles basketball. I think the Lakers are going to end up being really good, and I think the Clippers are going to be really good. But everything you guys said is fair. And what I'm believing is the illogical thoughts that somehow, not just one of these guys, not just two, not just three, all four guys from L.A., playing in L.A., will be back to their best versions of their current selves in Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. It is completely and utterly illogical. I get that. To believe that, I'm admitting that. 
But I think, and I, I love Tyloo. I think it's going to work. And I think we are going to maybe even see Clippers and Lakers in the postseason against each other. I think both of these teams are going to be very good this year. I really do believe I that. I would feel a lot better about him saying that about my Lakers if he didn't include the Clippers with that. Because right. now so I don't, know how, I ser- I don't know how seriously yeah, I can LeBron. take it. Right? We can, we can exactly. believe in them because I believe in LeBron. both of them. I believe in the Lakers and the Clippers Do, do you year. believe in them as much as you believe in the Denver Nuggets? I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I was just saying. And All right. Okay. Nor, nor did that, I say that. that's the bar in the Western Conference. Yeah. Or the like Warriors. That's, that's what you're judging it. It's or the Warriors. The Warriors look good with Chris Paul. I'm telling uh, or you. Or the Warriors. That CP3 thing We're looks pretty good. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.